What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode four of my podcast, Chats with Bodhi. Let's go. Featuring a special guest, fashion designer, entrepreneur, videographer, like the list can go on, my guy, David Ando. What's up? Thanks for having me. Hello. Just tell us your story, bro. How, I guess, Damn. track uh, back to before everything started. We'll just start with, I guess the whole design journey which goes back far when you were in when you were in primary school did you ever have piac courses yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i went to a piac uh it's like seven oaks i think yeah, yeah right so yeah when i was in so i think it would have been 2013 or 2012 whenever i was in year four um we did one for those who don't know piac courses were just like extracurricular like courses you did in primary school right yeah um i don't know how this came about because i didn't even when i think back at the time like i never really thought photoshop was a thing but apparently i somehow ended up doing a photoshop course i was addicted to it the instant i did it i just remember it was pretty basic like it was just learning how to like take a photo of yourself and we just copy pasted it and put it on like someone else's face like a someone you looked up to and whatnot that was my first interaction with photoshop and ever since that day i've been obsessed with it obsessed with just doing creative things which is crazy to think been doing that since right that's maybe like i was 10 years old oh it's over 10 years now i've been doing it for over 10 years so i guess ever since that day Ever since I did the PR course, it kind of evolved from there. You no, know, when Modern Warfare 2 started popping and clans started, you know, like people had like, like clan montages and yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. And people needed like clan logos made. That's when I started doing like that. Ho- that's then another step that took me further into designing as well. Making people's like clan images, doing like the 3D edits on like Cinema 4D. That was my first introduction with Cinema 4D, which is all I use now. Yeah. So I guess that was my early years. That would have taken me up to, I guess, like year seven or eight in high school. But then things kind of then took like a different turn when I started hanging out with my best friend at the time, Daniel DeFranco, who was like a video lord. He at the time was just getting into photography and whatnot and video. And I remember we were sitting in religion class. This would have been like maybe year 10 or 11. And it was, I was sitting next to Daniel who was sitting next to Jordan, our right hill Jordan at the time, don't sweat. Yeah, so at that time, it's when he started doing his thing as well. And literally we just sat next to each other and he was just like, like, you know, like I need photos, blah, blah, blah. And so Daniel was like, yeah, let's do some shit. I was kind of at the time just tagging along with Daniel to shoots, like helping him out. I was learning so much from him. He was a like workhorse. I've never seen, he spent every hour of every day studying like film and how to shoot better videos and whatnot. So pretty much that happened, that like working for Jordan was like a whole phase. Then eventually after that, I finally got my own gear. This would have been 2016 now. So yeah, so we're out of high school at this point, done like sort of shadow Daniel for like two years, finally got my own gear. And I was heavily into like the hardcore, like metal scene at that time. and. In that sort of scene, like after each show, the whole thing was like, it was just photographers at all these shows, right? And they were uploading like photos from the shows. But in my head, everything was just starting to look the same. Like you'd see a show and like the same photos would come out of like, it'd be like the same venue and it would just essentially just be like, you're seeing the same photo, just like a different face on stage. And everything just kind of like blended in in my head. Like it all started to look the same. 
And so I was like, I already knew, like I had this vision to capture these like shows and literally just recap everything perfectly. Like you'd watch a video in my head. I was like, you should be able to watch a video. I just feel like you were there. I feel like you've seen the whole show type thing. So one day a band came over called Graves and I think it was their final show here. And I pretty much recorded it and I made this video and like, I thought it was sick and other people thought it was sick too. And I was like, okay, sick. Like people kind of understand like what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it just kept going. I kept going to every show. I was recording every band possible and try like it. It was actually like, it was going really well. Like everyone started to figure out who I was, what I was doing, what I was trying to do. And then, so to keep that journey going, eventually I meet my best friend now, whose uh, name is Sean Cox, who is the vocalist for a band called Daybreak. Jeez. Yeah. Shout out Sean. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out to Sean because um, once we met, we kind of just met at after like a show and we just started talking to each other. Like he said, he liked my videos. I liked his band. So then eventually I did a video for them and we just became closer and closer and we started playing like PUBG together and stuff. We were playing like games together every night, which is weird because none of us really game like that <laughs> anymore. Um, and during that time, I eventually did my first, that went, led to my first music video. So I did my first ever music video for Daybreak. Um, went on my first tour with Daybreak as well. So I went around Australia yeah. with Daybreak and a band named Alpha Wolf and uh, Mirrors, which that was a, so that was my first experience of touring on like just going around Australia, which was fucking insane. So I was like filming all the shows and whatnot, which was super cool. Um, and like other, I guess like in that era was when I was doing most of my video, like I then shot my first origin. Um, I was doing a lot of big, I was getting asked to do bands and whatnot. Um, so that was a major part of my uni life. Yeah. So now I guess we're heading into like 2019. Now we're heading into COVID. Yeah. So COVID starts to happen. Filming is not a thing anymore. Like there is no events. You can't like leave the house. Like shit just wasn't happening here. Right. Facts. Um, and that's when I was still kind of doing like graphic design throughout that whole period that yeah. I just talked about. But just pause for one second. What, um, what did you study in uni? Just so everyone knows. Oh yeah. So yeah. So I, I never studied media. N never, I've, I've never ever done a media thing. I've always been a fucking nerd. I've done, computer science done yeah. it my whole <laughs> life yeah so i was a i was a big nerd throughout high school which is weird because oh. i'm i feel like the polar opposite now i guess like when you kind of just like mature or grow up and you yeah, see yeah, there's literally. a fucking world outside like um you start to go explore the outside world but yeah so i have a degree in cybersecurity, which is weird Sheesh. no no correlation with my actual dreams at all um yeah, so I studied that for five years. Yeah, my uni time went for a long time. All the shit that I was doing. That was the, the most difficult thing about uni was trying to hustle the... I was filming so much. I was hustling every day. I was... Even my friends in uni knew as well. Like, I would just... If I wasn't at uni, I was at home editing, like, all the time. But it was sick. Like, I... I it was my choice. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, like, you don't regret it, obviously. Not at all. Not at all. I failed so... The amount of... I failed so much at uni. I got kicked out at uni. I've gone through it all at one point, you know, like I, they literally like I'd failed so much um, that they didn't like want to let me back. So I had to, I, <laughs> I had to, I had to like sort of like sop my way back in and then eventually I passed everything. But it was due to like, it literally was just due to the fact that my, my mind wasn't on my course. Like I yeah, yeah. knew I had 
other aspirations and dreams to work for. Um, but yeah, anyways, so at this point, like I said, so I'd finished uni, COVID sort of happened after that year at uni and I sort of just re-tapped into my graphic design skill and yeah. like I'd always, like I said, I'd always done it, but I'd never taken it seriously. People didn't really know it's what I did. And so then I was like, people aren't going to take me seriously about my design if I don't even take myself seriously about it. So I'd always sort of posted a few pictures and whatnot on my main Instagram, but then I just made like a whole art account. But then yeah, people started to take me very seriously and I yeah. focused on it full time. I don't really, I filmed a few things recently. Like obviously I did um, Brucey with Brandon and I've done a daybreak video since. Um, <laughs> the Brucey video was fantastic and I'll always be doing daybreak videos obviously because they're my brothers. But um, the whole design thing is, I enjoy it so much more anyways yeah. and I've improved drastically in it and um i love the the style like just getting immediate results from if i have an idea i can just get it out straight away and the, the filming i'll still always i guess film throughout my life but it's something that i feel like i think mentally i got very stagnant in it like i didn't feel there was so much i could improve on i could always you can always get better in things yeah, obviously literally. but i had a lot for, to where i wanted to get out in film like i um i wasn't willing to put in the effort to get as good as I want to be. I think it was just due to the fact that I didn't really have anything to push me and I wasn't I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. Then with the design stuff, I could always be doing what I want to be doing. So that's, yeah. I did that obviously. So 2019, 2020, 2021, and here we are now at 22. And it's, it's mostly what people know me for, which is a good thing now. Like people can kind of like see what I do, just like the 3D design, the graphic design, any visual, visual arts. Yeah, that's kinda, your go-to. Exactly, um, which is great. So I think I'm at a good place right now. That whole that whole journey, which is crazy. It's a long journey to where I got to today. But a lot of people ask like, where did you go to learn all this stuff? Like, how did you, you know, get this this good to toot my own horn? Um, tell, bro, I've literally been doing this since I was like, you know, 10 years old at this yeah, point. Like, it's, it's not, not just like a, I didn't just learn it through COVID. Yeah. yeah, like I've been doing it for it's the majority of my life at this point. So yeah. and that happens if you do something for the majority of your life, you get good at it. Yeah, and you just develop this passion. You're just like, yep, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's what I'm working towards. Exactly. You said you tapped into your uh, graphic designing, I guess, niche. Talk mm. about Joyride, your brand. I want you to like expand on Yeah. Because obviously a lot of people, I've, I've shared your page on my Instagram and stuff and a lot of people know about it, but I don't think they know the uniqueness or the, you know, the complexity that comes with, like what's, obviously you've explained it to me, but I want you to explain it, you know, to the world, I guess. Because yeah. this shit's crazy. Like, you guys don't understand? Like, this is another level. Yeah, thank you, by the way. Okay, well, I guess we'll start with why I did it. Pretty much it got to a point where I was doing, and this, I speak on behalf of, I think, of every freelance artist ever at this point. You work for so many clients and it is, you just hate it. <laughs> I, it got to, I, I hit like a breaking point where there was just like, I'd done like all this work for all these other people. And I was like, I could not tell you like the last time I genuinely enjoyed doing this, like at all, bro, this, that is exactly how it was. So last year I'd moved into the studio with Jess and Brendan. Yeah. And that was one of the, that, shout out. Yo, seriously, that is one of the best things I ever, that was the best career play I ever made, to be honest. And I wasn't even, I didn't even do it for that long. Um, The plan was just to only go in and help them with the Brucey e video that I mentioned. Yeah. But then uh, Jess and I, me, me, Jess and Brandon, we started working together. Like we did so much stuff together. 
and just from being in that space, the high places space, by the way, is what it was. So thank you, high places. Big shout um, out. For sure. That got me a lot of work. At the time I was freelancing, I quit my job. I quit my job at McDonald's because I was at McDonald's for eight years. So I had find, yeah, so I'd finally left McDonald's after eight long years and started freelancing full time. Once you do like, yeah, I did all this work for all these people and it was putting me in a direction like you do something for one client and then that sort of like snowballs into another client from a similar field. But it's like I'm working all these fields and I'm putting out all this work that like I just did. It's not me. Like I don't care about it. Like I don't care. Like you, there's no amount of money you could pay me to like make me enjoy it. Like, you know, like it comes to the point, like if you're not doing what you want to do, like no no money's going to make that better for you. I guess develop this like hate for it. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, yes, exactly. You're exactly right. Like it was starting to get to a point where I was like, don't like, don't let yourself hate this. Like don't let other people drive you out of your passion. Yeah. So that's when Joyride became a thing. So throughout all those years, more, uh, there's so many things I forget. There's, I got so many, I guess a, a long story, but Obviously, throughout those years, like I did a lot of work for Don't Sweat, Riot Hill, and then I also did Riot Archive. So I put um, a couple years into um, Riot Archive, which is um, the greatest creative brand to come out of Perth. Um, with so I worked with my close friend Harry, who is um, a phenomenal director, and we were just doing a lot of stuff with that brand at the time while I was at uni. But eventually, like I said, like I was failing so much shit at uni, I had my I had a lot of other stuff that I wanted to do as well. So eventually I did leave Right Archive. But so what I'm getting at is I did a lot of work in the fashion industry, yeah. I guess. And it's one of the, it is one of my favorite creative outlets. Like you look at every, every single person we look up to, every artist, every design, like they're all in this fashion field one way or another. Yeah. So I've always obviously liked to dress good as well. And I like seeing other people dress good. Yeah. And it's all about the drip, baby. Exactly. Exactly. One thing that I always liked as well was just band merch. Like I said, being in, um, having a lot of insight into the hardcore scene, they have such phenomenal merch. Like yeah, the metal scene like being on tour merch. as well. You Ex- would see that firsthand. Exactly. Even like the, and yeah, and you see what sells and you see what sells yeah. to these guys as well. And the, you see and what the don't amount, sell. Yeah. And you see the amount of like the amount of shit they bring to these shows as well. Like, like, cause it was the tour that I went on. It was Alpha Wolf's headline tour. They would have like all this different shit, like eight different shirts and all the, like the vinyls and like the hats and, and everything was selling out like every night. Like when people, when you have a following, like people want to collect everything to yeah. do that. And I felt like, like I said about taking my art seriously, I wanted people to consume my art in a way that I would consume my own art as well. Yeah, yeah. So the point of Joyride, it's in the name Joyride, like it's joy is happiness. Like the brand was going to be like my source of happiness, which is exactly what it's done. Like the brand has spoken for itself, really. It's taking me on a journey, the ride of happiness. So the, what it is, is it's just my way of creating these universes. Like you've seen in the lookbooks, I create these 3D worlds and I just pretty much will put them on garments to for people like you can wear it like, that's the whole point. Like you, it's just something, it's the most easy way to consume my art. And I feel like if people buy it, they genuinely, they like this. Like you, you buy it cause you like what you see. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a, it's a similar, it's like, it'd be the same concept as me just like selling paintings. But I mean like not many people. Yeah. <laughs> you can't like, I couldn't like sell like a million paintings to someone. Digital, yeah. like reinforced paintings with like, you know, 
something behind it, like a message. Exactly. Because I've noticed every design that you've made is different, completely different. Like that it all, all ties back to the same thing. That was the thing. So when making it, um, there was never really supposed to be like a, I'm not really dropping like collections. There's no like sense of direction. It's yeah, like yeah. As, as a creative, like you just make things that I'm just, I'm just making things that come to mind. It's like every single draw I tee is just like a thing that's just popped up in my head and yeah. I've put together. So um, I think that's the beauty of it. And like I've, I've written in the, um, on the about page of the website, it's like I said, people, you'll buy it because you, you'll fall in love with a piece as much as I do. Um, I even, you'll see, I advertise it. I market it as 4D streetwear yeah. because like all these garments are created in this 3D world. Like you can, if, if there was like some, some game designer could take any of these, I've got the 3D assets for all of this shit. You could take the stuff, put it in the Sims or something, yeah. or, you know, you know, like put it in the metaverse, put it in wherever you want. Um, and I think that came perfect timing, the brand starting with this whole, I guess like metaverse yeah. um, situation. A lot of people, um, I think people think I started my brand because of the metaverse, but oh, it's like, right, I've always, yeah, yeah. I've always been doing this. Yeah, um, but that's why I think the timing's so perfect. Cause yeah, my friend uh, Milky, um, from sainthood he was saying like that's what he called it he was like when i first started it and showed it to him he was like you've essentially created like 40 clothing and i was like oh and then i looked sort of like yeah i was like yeah i was like no shit like you're right and i looked into it and obviously the concept of 4d is like it's mathematically like it's it's not yeah, it's not just <laughs> yeah it's, it's not possible but um if you actually look into like you know 40 cinemas all it ever was was just a marketing term for yeah, just being yeah, able yeah. to see and feel. Um, like you see it on the screen, feel it in real life. But that applies to my brand as well. Like it exists in a 3D space and it's a physical garment as well. So I think everything tied together so beautifully for it. And I think the whole concept of it, like being able to just make everything virtually and then just ship it out is, I think it's such a cool process. I think it's much better than, I didn't want to be a brand that would just, mock up make like the photoshop mock up of a garment yeah and then expect and just call it, it to a be day. that thing yeah right like i think it, people will be much more invested when i show them like a design that exists in a whole world like the the vampire love tea is my favorite one like the lady she's standing on like a cliff surrounded by yeah. like this like big statue of vampires there's like love hearts with spikes on them everywhere the pink sky like this there's, there's so much detail to it it's crazy that's why i wanted you on to like I explain that because it's one thing to sort of know the brand, but the ideas behind it, like the, the idea, I guess, yeah, the ideals behind it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really built different. And I feel like, <laughs> you know, it, this needs to be like heard. Your story yeah. needs to be heard. Thank you. So in saying that, what's, um, you know, what's the goal for Joyride down the track? Like who's some people you want to see in your, Damn. in your brand? You know, that's crazy. The, well, the goal for it, is and I think it'll be the same goal always. Like it's like I said, it lies in the name. It's just it's just what's gonna make me happy. Yeah. Like I I was saying before, like, there's no amount of money that could make me want to do something else at this point. And even with the brand, like I'm not trying to. I, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and be like oh, I don't care about making money from it. I want to be able to live off the brand. I want this to be yeah, my whole life at one point, yeah. obviously. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just what's gonna make me happy. I and instantly the second i started doing it and designing for myself yeah, and only myself changer, right? and yeah. like i said like everything is done by me like i'm 
I'm not going out to a studio and getting models to shoot a lookbook. Like I'll fucking make every, I'll make everything myself. Like I'm making these mock-ups. Like I'll go into Marvelous Designer and I'll make a whole like shirt from scratch and then I'll take it into Cinema 4D and then I'll edit it all in there and then I'll take it back into Photoshop and do more stuff to it. Like the whole process resides solely with me, which is like a, no one can boss me around at that yeah, point. Thanks. No one, like, like you're your own boss. Bro. Exactly. It's the beauty of, you know, having your own brand mm. and sticking to the ideas that you create, you know, like essentially that's all it's really about. Yeah. So like, I think forever and always it'll just be I was, like at the same time, go for the brand itself, make it as big as possible. Yeah, like, I've got, I got such big dreams and I think I've always looked up to, I've always looked up to represent and how big I've seen them be able to get. Um, I don't really, um, told a couple, I've told you a couple of friends. There's some things that I think, We'll just say are a bit whack about them now, but <laughs> that's an odd way to put it. But because <laughs> I, yeah, um, but seeing how big they've, yeah, it's, been, it's gotten unreal. They're like it's like um, the owner George put on Twitter the other day. He sees more people at a gym and represent twenty four seven now than Nike. Yeah, which is unreal. I was, being from England, that makes sense. I was yeah. there's such a huge brand there, but even over here, you see everyone wear it Literally. now. That's so possible for me to do as well. And the fact that you know they sell out like that's possible for Jordan. Yeah. You know, with the stuff you're coming out with, and with the stuff that David is about to release. Like, yes. stay tuned. It's <laughs> like insane. So yeah, that uh, right now I'm finding out how. Um, how grueling the sampling process can be. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not bad. It's just a little waiting. You have to be patient. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but in in the long run, that'll be a good thing. I don't want to be printing on someone else's blanks for my, for my whole life. Because like, again, that's that's someone else's blank. It's not my own thing. Yeah. So it makes me yeah. so happy to be able to like sit here and say I got such big dreams for the brand because it's just something to channel my creativity into every day. Like you could pay me like a trillion dollars right now. I'd never have to work a day in my life ever again. Right. But yeah. I still would not be able to, I couldn't find myself not sitting down and I'd have to get to my computer. I need to be creative. Like there's times where I'll just be out like for say over one or two days. And I'm like, bro, I, just, I need to, like get me to a fucking computer right now get me on get me on cinema 4d get me on photoshop <laughs> like i need to edit something like yeah. there's there's just things that go on in my head that i guess just need to go to paper even like good or bad like for every good design like i've got like a million bad designs that happen right yeah so in the end like i'm i'm gonna create them regardless so what's your advice for you know say you're talking to 10 year old david again um, what's what's advice you can give to someone that, bro? You know, if I'm ten years old, I'm like, bro, get on some fucking crypto, bro. Facts, <laughs> though. Nah, um, advice. I don't know. Um, or someone for, uh, creatives, bro, I guess. Okay, aspiring if creatives. you honestly, if you have a dream, just chase it, right? Like, I spent a lot of time. Speaking from experience, I spent a lot of time, like, half doing, like, half doing things, half doing what I'm interested in, like. Just, just chase your dreams. <laughs> I wouldn't let anything try to change my mind on something. Like if you're truly set on something, like don't, I wouldn't let anyone be able to like try to take that from you. Yeah, or like drag you down. Because obviously, yeah, like say me, like I would have, if I had the choice, I would have never ever gone to uni. I would have been doing graphic design from the get-go as soon as yeah. I finished high school. You know, I would have just dealt with it, worked at Macca's still and done graphic design still. Because I obviously, I don't want to, I'm not a 
I don't like studying. No one likes studying. Yeah. I'm, not I'm not trying to be a, a cybersecurity analyst for the rest of my life. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would, um, I would just truly stick to do. Just p pursue your dream. Do exactly what you want to do. Don't put anything before it. Prioritize your dream over anything. All right. Next question: uh, If you weren't doing Joyride, what would you be doing right now? A part of me wants to say that I'd be full time fighting at the gym, <laughs> Sheesh. but uh, not me. My the only other thing I've ever thought of, I'm like, what if I wasn't doing if I wasn't doing like the editing stuff? Where would yeah, I go, yeah. bro? I want to be a chef. Oh, for real! I, bro, I love to be a chef. Okay. I love cooking so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom doesn't think I can cook. She doesn't because she she doesn't see what I because she doesn't see what I cook. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I don't know something about being a chef would just be. Like, I'm obsessed with food. Obviously. I wish I had like a ratatouille sound effect. <laughs> you know how like I eat out so much. I eat at so many different like I eat at a different Japanese restaurant every week. I would have just gone and lived overseas somewhere in yeah. a foreign country, learned how to cook, like uh, crazy. Yeah, sick. That'd be that would be beautiful. Being a chef is crazy. In regards to moving overseas, um, mm -hmm. where would you want Japan? Yeah. <laughs> And that is half because Japan has a beautiful culture. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with anime. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what anime are you watching right now? I was watching one with you before. Yes, <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> Obviously, Attack on Titan. The best anime yeah. ever created. Like it's the best. No cap. Mm -hmm. After that episode as well, like you can't, you couldn't, deba you couldn't debate with me. Like you could, you couldn't force feed me a better anime. But obviously Attack on Titan. If I was doing my top three, I think it's like Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan, <laughs> and Attack on no. um, Titan. Off, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. Bro, um, my top three, Attack on Titan, Naruto, and probably probably my hero because I'm, right. I'm literally like- I have to legit look at what ones I've watched right now. I haven't even watched that many. I've just got a horrible memory. Um. I love all the, obviously I love all the Studio Ghibli films. Uh, no, nah, Tokyo Revengers for me. I reckon oh, you, you put yeah, me on that. That's, yeah, Tokyo, okay, number two in Tokyo Revengers, but then number three, like I don't want to say Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball's sick, but like, yeah. um, it's not like, like, it's not like a story that you can really like relate with. Yeah, I mean, people um, are blowing up planets. You can't really relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I thoroughly enjoyed Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I've just named like three of the, I don't know if that's just like recency bias that I've just said. Like I'm watching Ranking of Kings right now. Like I said, that was really good. I'm getting back into Bleach. Like Bleach. Oh, see, I've never, see, I've never seen Bleach. Yeah. Everyone everyone praises Bleach up. How do I see what I've what I've watched on Funimation? I can't see. Uh, but right know. off the top of my head right now, um, Attack on Titan and Tokyo Revengers are at least my top two. Yeah, top two. Sure, easily. Do you ever, um, you know, take inspiration from anime when you're um, designing or editing certain things? Yes. It's more, uh, not like, not in terms of like, you know, like direct like art style yeah, yeah, or exactly. any of that stuff, but bro, like a lot of these animes are so depressing. Right, literally. But I make a lot of edgy art. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the feeling stays the same. Like, like if you asked me to go like make like an Attack on Titan fan art, that would be so easy yeah. as compared to me making like a, I don't know, like a, a Disney fan art, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess you, can, you get the conventions more because, you know, it's a lot more in depth 
with anime, especially like exactly, and bro. The storytelling is just so much like uh, the people that like haven't like they look at anime and just think of some like cartoon stuff. Right, that's what I. They tell stories tell. the the way they tell because like it is a cartoon, but they're so like limitless in what they can tell, and the way the Japanese are doing it is just <laughs> Western culture could could people never. are spending or companies I should say are spending like. $80,000 on an episode. Yeah, on just some lines, some some drawings. But then then again, you got like big shows that have spent like, like put it like this, but think of how much money they just put into like the Halo TV show. Have yeah, you seen true, the true. I've seen the shorts. Um, Bro, it's trash. Yeah. It's it's like, y- you look into it, the, the guys who directed it never played the games. So you've given like, the, no amount of money yeah, can make something. No there's no amount of money you can put into that to make... Yeah, it just feels so detached. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, I feel like if you, you had an anime, have you seen like the anime adaptation of Batman? Yeah, yeah. Sick. Yeah. You give it to them and they kill it. You know I what know, I mean? Right? Like, oh, I just had a thought. My top, my other top three. I want to say it, also don't want to say it, but I'm obsessed with Baki. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Not really like stories, like whatever, but it's like, it just makes you so angry. Yeah. These guys are just like they are so jacked they have like dude's got like a demon face made out of muscles on his back um and they're just beating the shit out of each other and it just makes me want to go to the gym and go stupid you're trying to look like jaleel (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that dude's physique is crazy that that's the goal for fighting that is dude's got long the longest arms the smallest torso like so long legs long arms that dude was born to fight and born to backflip off, you know. Yeah, backflip off anything. He's like, so athletic. That's the goal. That's what I mean. That's why I wish I wasn't like such a, such a nerd in high school. Like, if I had the same, um, I guess, like drive. I yeah, guess, to like, bit gym of, and bit of drive, like bit of morals, like uh, interests, like everything. Like at that, like at that point in time, like I wasn't really. Is there's nothing showing me that that sort of stuff existed, right? Yeah. yeah. All I knew was like video games, and like I live. Like I live with just my mum and my sis. Like I live with two girls. Obviously, none of them are going to be like showing the me gym, like gym. Like, yeah, yeah, none of them are going to like hit the gym or like his this world of fighting or his this like whole outside like sports world and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I guess I was the biggest nerd in high school. But now I wish I was. I wish I was just doing some athletic shit. At least <laughs> I was playing basketball, but like Something I, I like wasn't. Like. I wasn't playing basketball. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. so I guess a question I can ask you then is um, what are your hobbies besides, you know, um, like editing and being stuck on your computer? What, what do you do to um, like, I guess release? Yeah, I don't, (laughs) that's the heart. That's the worst bit. Like I spend so much time at the computer and it's, it's annoying. So nowadays, um, like I said, I spend so much time at the computer, my, my hobbies, would be gaming but i've already been sitting at my computer for like 12 hours a day like do i now want to then go play games on it for ages so um generally i would just then continue to work um which is a good thing and a a bad thing um being a workaholic i think at a young age is very good because we're young and able to do it right now exactly so i do spend as long as i can at my computer just working on any anything I can be working on. To be real, I guess I feel I feel a bit guilty if I'm spending time not like if I'm at my computer, but I'm not using that time to work because yeah, it's yeah, like my yeah. computer is like my workstation essentially. 
Um, but I guess my hobbies, yeah, like I'm super interested in mixed martial arts and fighting. That's generally what um, my training is. Um, not much anymore because I've been gymming instead. But yeah, so like gymming is my hobby. Yeah. Fighting is my hobby. Like I'll go to my friend Sean. I'll go to Sean's house like most weekends. We'll all watch the UFC together. We're all interested in like all combat sports. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Like that's all I've really been... Like if you were to go on my Instagram and look at like my explore page and see what like my algorithm is right now, yeah, yeah. it's like gaming shorts and fighting shorts. And that that's like all it is. So I guess that's my hobbies really. I love, and I just love seeing my friends. That's all my main thing. Like I, yeah, I just, just hanging with the homies. I just love, yeah, literally um, love nothing more than seeing my friends. Like I'll drop anything to see, just to see my friends, to be honest. So that's, I guess that's a good thing to be honest. Um, yeah, I think, I think I got a good three hobbies outside. just like gaming, exercise and yeah just hanging with my friends when you got a good friend group like obviously you love you love to see your friends yeah. um and like my, i guess we do cool shit like we just do just a friend group that does like activities like all of us like i'm not just gonna and know. it helps when all of your friends you know are busy so exactly when you all make time for each other it just makes it that much I mean, more yeah, special i'm very lucky to have a um a friend group that all has strong goals yeah yeah i exactly. guess like and the biggest one i do take in if he hears this, he's going to blast me because he's got such a big ego. I'm going to smoke <laughs> on his ass. But um, I do take a lot from my friend that I was talking about, Sean, the yeah, one yeah. from Daybreak. Yeah. He works so fucking hard and he is so, his goal is to become, he will become a UFC champion one day. Um, I've n he is at the gym 24-7. He he used to live down in Mandra. He was driving over an hour to come to my gym every day. No way. Yeah. And he dropped everything. He dropped his um, apprenticeship and became an Uber driver. So he could drive around the gym to then be at the gym. Like when he needed to, he just yeah, stop at the classes yeah. and be at every class possible. And then he'd pick up more Uber orders. Exactly. And then now it's got to a point where he's now coaching at the gym. So he is at the gym 24 seven and he is so determined to, he won't let anything get in his war path of, becoming a professional fighter like i've seen that on his 21st birthday so his brother andrew is a um he studies health science yeah. at uh uni and um he was reading like a lecture and the lecture was like talking about running marathons and um one of the like slides was like in preparation for a marathon you got to do like all this you have to train for it you have to make sure you do like a carb overload the night before like all this like all this extra stuff and sean was like fuck that like that is bullshit and then the next morning it's his 21st birthday he woke up and ran a marathon, ran a marathon no literally ran no training like we did a bit of running in like the lockdown and stuff because this was around that sort of time like we'd been running a bit but he he did nothing more than like 10 kilometers at that point he then woke up and just ran 40ks oh like the marathon's my. like a bit over 40ks i think right like yeah yeah he ran for like four hours and just it's all mindset that's crazy he's so driven and in his head his theory was like if he can't run a marathon, how is he going to last in like a 25 minute fight? Facts. Like mentally, like if he can't mentally outlast a marathon, like a fight, they take him into deep waters. So, and I see like things like that. And obviously, like I said, I have, he's one friend that is so determined. And I'm, I'm like, if I'm not deter as determined as that, like what, yeah, what am what I am doing? I doing? Yeah. What am, yeah, exactly. So like, it's very good to have friends with that strong mindset. And yeah. like I said, all of them are, so tuned in with their goals even you you are so tuned in with what you want to do in your life so and that helps a lot it 
it is it is hard to hang if you've got a bunch of friends that aren't doing shit they're gonna drag you down with yeah them. it's like that saying you know you are yang with kind of thing you know as much as you don't as much as you don't want that to be true yeah it's true it's very true um yeah speaking of like hanging with your homies um you know how do you how do you feel about being apart from them oh, obviously for everyone uh, that um doesn't know yeah. david personally um him and his girlfriend I'm actually moving <laughs> to melbourne I'm leaving this Literally man Bodhi by next, himself. Yeah, next in, week. Let's uh, go. <laughs> um, in nine days. Jeez. Nine days. I pack up everything, move to Melbourne, which I'm incredibly excited for. So my girlfriend will be start uh, goldsmithing, jewelry making in Melbourne, which is yeah, big shout out, Jaden. What we yeah, what we've been working for, like she's been working towards it for such a long time. So it's about time this happened. Um, yeah, so. I'm moving to Melbourne, which is, it's sudden, whole new, I'm going on, pretty much just going on an adventure. Um, wake up, new scenery, no friends, which sucks. Like I said, I love, like, I love hanging with my friends. Yeah. I won't be able to do that really anymore, but um, I'll always try and make the effort to come back for them for sure. Um, but like um, some of my friends are coming over, um, speaking about the fighting, like like I said, George Cambosos uh, has a fight in Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. So my friends will be coming over for that in June, which is very exciting. But yeah, so moving to Melbourne is going to be crazy. It'll be my first time living out of home by myself. I'll be in a whole new state. I've been to Melbourne before, beautiful place. Um, nothing like Perth though. Yeah. Perth is, actually be- Perth is the most beautiful Perth place Perth is the ever. best place. People, people who haven't been outside of Perth will not like, they're not they're not grateful for what we have here. We yeah, have literally. We're at a beautiful place. Um, yeah, so like first time living at home, I'll be in a new place. Um, it'll just be me and Jaden, Jaden and I, uh, just and doing our know, thing. I'll be working and doing joyride in a different space. Same goal, same everything. Uh, joyride's going to be exposed to that many more people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like so excited for it. I'm also excited because yeah, like in Perth, it's kind of weird because you feel like. It, I probably don't, but you feel like you know everyone here, right? Like you go yeah, out, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. always going to see the same faces everywhere yeah. you go. Or someone knows someone that knows someone that There's knows you. always, always, like no matter what. That's why I'm very excited to Melbourne because Perth has a tiny population compared to Melbourne. Yeah. There is going to be so many people there and I don't know a single person. I know, I know some people, but yeah, when I go outside, I'm not going right, to know it's it. It's all about- No one's going to know me. You're going to be networking yeah. your ass off. That's what I'm so excited for. Just to, um, exp- I just want to see what their culture is like. Obviously, Melbourne thrives in this whole design and this, yeah, it's, this it's culture just over, there. So over there. It'll be super interesting to see how I perform there. And personally, this is one thing I had, I guess, trouble with myself as well. This big ego, big ego thing for me to say, but <laughs> I feel like it's hard to get better when you feel like you're already the best at what you do. Yeah. And I genuinely do believe I'm fucking fantastic at what I do. I think I am at what I do. I'm the best at it here. Yeah. Seriously. I could not tell you someone that's better, better than me. I, even if there was, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people I look up to that. I know I already look up to in Melbourne that I want to like see and talk to and yeah, I want them to make me better. Yeah, yeah. I want them to, they'll, they'll make me better. Because like, like I said, there's so much more people over there. There's so much more people that are better than me over there. Um, that's exciting. I um, want to get humbled. 
I hope, I hope yeah. someone over there just humbles me big time. Just tells me you are fucking trash. Like, <laughs> look at this person that's way better than you. And I'll be like, not for long. You're like, yeah. Like, I guess it's another thing as well. Um, you have to understand, you know, there's always bigger fish to fry. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. always there's always something you can work towards. I think a lot of people get to a point where they're just um, so stagnant in their thinking mm-hmm. and, you know, they've reached their goals they want to do. Like, for example, they've achieved, I don't know, they've, they've built a successful brand and they've sold yep. X amount of stock. But I think the hardest thing is to be like, you know, I can do better. You know? Yeah. It's like definitely is a thing for me being bro, such a perfectionist as well. And it's not even like for good reasons. Like half the time, I think, and I think a lot of graphic designers will relate to this. Like, bro, you'll spend so much time put it like trying to edit like a, a single pixel. Things just going to be compressed by Instagram. I mean, no one's even going <laughs> to yeah, see no it. No one's anyways. even going to care. Yeah. Like I've done that so many times. Like you'll be fidgeting for like hours on the most insignificant thing. But in your head, you're like, oh, I got to do it because it's like, it's the best. Like I got to make everything the best like as possible. But yeah, like it's a, sometimes you just have to step back and accept like you just accept what you have at face value. Take it all in as a whole piece. Like, cause to you, you've been working on it. So I'd be working on something for like weeks and weeks. And I, I'm like, this isn't even that fucking good anymore. But then someone's seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and they're, they're like, like Bro, geez, this is like, fire. This is crazy. Yeah. So I think it's like, it'll be a bit of both. Like someone's going to tell me that I need to be better. But to me, like I'm already being... Yeah, the best, and that that comes with confidence. Like a lot of people, mm. you need a you need to back yourself. I think that's the that's number one thing. If 100%. you're especially in a uh, competitive industry like the creative one is nowadays, like when almost every person you know has a decent skill in their chosen. So field. many people are just good at shit nowadays. Yeah. So I think I think number one thing to take away from this for anyone back listening, yourself. like just back yourself hundred percent. And man, there's people out there that will knock you for it. Like yeah, crazy, literally, it's like those. And they'll take advantage of you too. If yeah. you don't back yourself, like they'll they'll know that and then they'll yeah. they'll ride your wave. Exactly. Yeah, people can really take advantage of unconfident people, but I like, am co- I am so confident. Yeah, like, and you should be. Like any, everyone yeah. should be. I feel like uh nowadays a lot of people confuse confidence for like cockiness. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you look at so if you're well, backing it, like if you're back if you were if you were producing the stuff that you're saying, like you, there is no reason you can knock someone for that literally at all which is why like i say like, i <laughs> i think my stuff is fucking sick yeah a lot of you could not really tell me that you could not knock me for that i'm always gonna tell you my shit is sick i wouldn't put it out if i didn't fucking think that but i'm, I'm so the same i'm I the do. same with djing like I'll, yeah I'll have right? a set you'd have like, to be Yo, that, that set was fire. sick yeah because you just have to yeah be confident and tying back to you know um you were speaking about fighting a perfect example you know mm-hmm. um adesanya like style better. oh man when people knock him i get yeah. so angry a lot of people That's think my, boy. my guy <laughs> is cocky he's not he's literally just he that confident he says, yeah. that he knows he's the number one in the world that's yeah. why he is so like yo that is so that is one person that's one of my top biggest yeah, idols idol, yeah. i'm uh, i'll love him to, to the day i die like like i said i flew to um i flew to melbourne for ufc 243 to watch him take the title from Whitaker and it Jeez. changed, it literally changed my life. Everything, everything leading up to that moment, like all the fights he won, everything he said, like the press conferences, like he was, t- like he was talking mad shit, but it's yeah. like out of confidence. Yeah. No, and he took that, he stripped it from Whitaker so easily. And I was sitting there like, bro, when he walked on, you can't only really hear it in the broadcast. Man, people, were, they were, he was getting booed like, 
I could not believe people were booing the Starbender. Like, I was, I was obsessed. Yeah. I was like, how are they booing greatness? <laughs> I was like, this <laughs> obviously, bro, it's like we were in Australia, like, Whitaker's, like, like, they were obviously rooting for the home, the home fighter. But, and I remember when he, Adesanya knocked him out, I've got it on video, bro. I scream up. I couldn't even speak. Like, I remember I was sitting with Sean and Andrew outside. Like, we were getting ready to go to the airport later. I couldn't even speak to them. Like, I was screaming like crazy because I was so happy that he won. Then when I got back, that's when I started um, training to fight as well. Yeah, yeah. I was so inspired. But, yeah, like, he's just such a confident person in his craft. And it speaks volumes, like, too. And it's so inspirational as well. Like you got to talk your shit at the end of the day. Exactly. And I love the energy, like uh, the confidence, it, it, it brings the energy out of you and yeah. you sort of like, you can be- It, le- it levels you out really. Exactly. Yeah. And as long, like, as long as you're confident and you're, you're, you need to be self-aware about it as well. Like th- there's a fine line. I think there's, there's a, per- there's like a perfect amount that like, <laughs> yeah, you can't like, really talk about. It's like a like, comfort, like for example, um, would you categorize, you know, prime Conor McGregor as being cocky? No, because he's, that's the thing. Like you couldn't, you can't call him cocky because he, like he was Mystic Mac. Like he was predicting, like he was speaking everything into existence. Like he was doing everything he said. Nowadays, it's not, it's not the same dude. Like he's, he's a bit gone out of control. Like as then, then you'd like, maybe you'd call it cockiness, I guess. Like if, like if, if you're just constantly like, losing and you you're not backing up a single thing you're saying you're, yeah, and you're yeah. talking all this nonsense and you have nothing to back it up then you're cocky you know a lot of people talk a lot of people become cocky out of fear they use they'll use words to back themselves up yeah. out of fear of not being able and to try perform. to i guess uh, psych themselves yeah up. exactly exactly like they'll be cocky as a form to boost their own morale to sort of mask the fear that they have of not being as good as they truly are which yeah. i think people do need to understand like that is like that's the difference between being confident and being cocky. Confidence comes from real actions, real results. Cockiness comes out of fear. Yeah, hundred percent. That's like, our cue to wrap it up. Yeah, I guess. Thank you for having me, though. Thank you for letting me talk about what I got to talk about. No, that's cool, bro. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate you, know, you. Everyone, go check out you know David's socials. Um, they'll be in the link in the description. Uh, and yeah. This Run guy, shit up. This guy is going to be big one day. I'm telling you right now, like no lie, I'm getting Joyride tattooed on me. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't I, believe. I was like, what the fuck I, t- I told him, I literally was like, one day we were watching anime. After anime, I was like, yo, I believe you're going to blow up. I'm going to literally get Joyride tattooed on me. Not because like, like you're my homie, like I get it, but I like truly believe. In like, 10 years time, this, will, this guy is yeah. huge. And it's going to just get bigger. So, And I guarantee I'll stick to it. I'd, gar- I'd put my mark on this podcast. I will be... It, that, like I said, there's nothing else. I'm, I've got no reason to not do it. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've done the hard yards. I mean, you've been doing this since you're, what, 10 exactly. years old? Yeah. I've already, all the hard work's already put in. Now it's just execution. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah. Once again, introduce yourself, bro, mm-hmm. to the audience. My name is David. I'm DavPX on Instagram running joyride and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a big deal one day yes very sir. Big deal. thank you guys for tuning in for to episode four of oh, my that's podcast the- <laughs> chats with Bodhi. <laughs> david just pressed the wrong button that's the one <laughs> tune in next week we'll have another special guest 
But thanks for taking the time, bro. And see you guys all next week. Bye.